Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your Hello, Andrew. Hello, Edwin. I am excited to continue to talk about this really fascinating Psalm 34, which yesterday... We talked about how even though it seems that the heading and the psalm don't go together, when you keep them together and and meditate on that and think through that, you actually learn some pretty fascinating, wonderful stuff, comforting stuff. Good things are going there. That's right. Dipping into history and making those connections with Genesis. Today, as we read Psalm 34, let's think about some other connections, maybe particularly in Exodus. Oh, that'd be cool. Let's do it. You want to read right. New King James? That's what I got. Psalm 34, the New King James. Heading, a psalm of David. When he pretended madness before Abimelech, who drove him away, and he departed. Psalm 34, verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him, and delivers them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. O fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. Before we get into talking about whatever you're wanting to bring up from Exodus today, and I'm excited about that, I guess just for the sake of being fair, a couple things I do want to bring out, because I know I'm, I'm listening to some of our episodes that we recorded weeks ago, but are now hitting the air as, you know, this week that we're recording these. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I I know a couple of weeks ago, uh, I made a big deal about one of the translations. I believe it was the the New Century version, adding a word in, you know, and, and it was one of those things where I agreed with their interpretation, but was a little frustrated with the fact that instead of leaving with just what was in the text there and, and forcing us to study and make our interpretive choices, they were making the interpretive choice for us. And okay. so I just want to be fair because here's, you know, your preferred translation. And then mine yesterday does the exact same thing in verse 17. 
when it says the righteous cry for help, the Lord okay. hears. I can't remember exactly how yours in the New King James said it, but I know it said the righteous. Yeah. No, yeah, the righteous cry out. And as you even as you mentioned this, Edwin, it is italicized yeah. telling me that translators have added this yes. uh, to, for uh, an interpretive choice. It yeah. is an interpretive choice, and it's probably the right one. I think that's exactly what the verse is talking about. But, you know, the, the fact is there are some other possibilities. And when these interpreters have made that interpretive choice for us, they're removing from us some of the study that we should do. Who is this that cries out? I, again, I think when I study it and I get done with it, I come to the same conclusion they did. But I do wish, uh, and, you know, and I'm, I'm no scholar, so I don't get to just be on a high and mighty horse. I just wanted to present it for fairness. If I'm going to complain about a translation I don't normally use, I also need to recognize when it happens in my preferred translation. And this is just why we need to study and and dig a little deeper as much as we possibly can. Yeah, and what a great note there to pay attention to little things on the page like when words are italicized or or whatever the uh, apparatus is for the the English translation you're reading out of. I, I some of those things are marked in different ways, but but just to be mindful, we are reading translations and so uh, go back, go back, go and behind those things. Yeah. Well, this, point. Is, this is one of the good reasons why we read multiple translations throughout our week is because yeah. different translations deal with it differently. I do want to make just a comment. First of all, the New King James at least puts it in italics. The ESV does not. The ESV does not oh. indicate those things at all. Okay. The second okay. thing, I, do, I guess I do want to point this out also. Just because something is in italics in your New King James, and I think, does the New American Standard also do the italics? I, I can't remember. The ones that, that do that. That doesn't always mean that they're making they just a straight up interpretive choice. You know, this one's an interpretive choice. Who who does they refer to? Because that's the word that's here. They call on the Lord and they're yeah. making the choice. Which which antecedent does this refer to? Sometimes, right, though, right. when we're dealing with Hebrew and Greek, there are understood words. And you're, we're not sure we're not adding. We're not supplying. We're not no. making something up. We're not making re no. a true interpretive choice about the passage as much as we're saying the Greeks, because of the way the Greek language worked or the Hebrew language worked, they didn't have to have this word. Uh, 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 Correct. A word that some parallels of the pronouns, some yeah. of the articles. So sometimes yeah, that's the case. So yeah. I think that's a good thing. All right. I don't want to get too far afield on that. You wanted to bring up Exodus. Why on earth did you want to bring up Exodus? Well, I'm, I find it uh, interesting, particularly in verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Okay. Two of your favorite things to talk about, two of your favorite hobbies, uh, camping <laughs> and the angel of the Lord. So, <laughs> I mean, not a day, I, the not song a, just lends itself to that. Both not, those things. Not a day goes by that those things don't come up. Oh, man. <laughs> so I do enjoy camping, though mostly I'm kind of indoorsy. But my wife likes to go camping, so I like to go camping. And why the exodus? It's the camping trip that just won't end. No kidding. <laughs> it's, it's 40 years of camping in the wilderness. No uh, kidding. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Lot yeah, there's, there's a, lot a whole camping. lot of camping that goes on there. My favorite thing <laughs> just about camping that usually does come up in conversations. I really appreciated what Gary Smalley said years and years ago. I, I don't even remember which book it was I read this in, but I remember it was Gary Smalley as he highlighted that the, the big issue with camping for families is shared crisis. <laughs> It draws families together, shared crisis. Yeah. And boy, when you talk about the camping trip that would never end, shared crisis. One hardship after another. Uh, and yet, as God is faithful to his people, 
particularly in the book of Exodus, particularly in the early days of their camping uh, around Mount Sinai, and even trying to get out from under the Egyptians, Mm -hmm. they needed refuge. They needed deliverance, and there is provided the angel of the Lord. Sometimes we miss this, I, I think. So what I'm thinking about, maybe maybe this is where you're going, but as you bring this up, I'm reminded of when they were trying to leave Egypt, they had gotten to the Red Sea, and uh-huh. they're almost like in a triangle where they are at the, at the base of that isthmus, at least as I understand how the Exodus occurred. That on the one, so on one angle or one side of the triangle is this just almost impassable wilderness. It's Mm -hmm. mountainous and and there's no way, I mean, not that you alone, if you were healthy, couldn't get through it, but a million people with kids and flocks, there's no way they're getting through that wilderness. Right. Then on another side, there's the Red Sea and then capping off the triangle on the third side, they turn around and they see that Pharaoh's army has decided to come against them. Pharaoh who drove them out has decided, nope, mistake. I'm going to go bring them back. And he's bearing down on them with like a full army chariots. Yeah. And so you've got fighting forces coming against the people, the women, the children, the livestock. You know, it's, it's looks like it could be a massacre and they're scared. And they, they even Mm -hmm. cry out, you know what, could we not just have died in Egypt? You had to bring us out here to die. Here we go in Exodus 14, 19. Then the angel of God, who was going before the host of Israel, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. I'm not sure uh, how many times I had to read this account before it finally hit me that the pillar of cloud and fire was actually the angel of the Lord, the manifestation of the Lord's messenger, the Lord's presence, the Lord's angel, what we actually have here is this picture Mm -hmm. of the Lord encamped around Mm -hmm. Israel. And he moves Mm -hmm. from in front of them to behind them. And then not only does he keep them separated so that as the waters part, Israel is then able to get into this dry land between the waters. But then in verse 24, this is Exodus 14 still, and in the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and of cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from before Israel. Of course, they weren't actually able to get out of there because the angel of the Lord, which actually right here is called straight up the Lord. That's probably a whole nother yeah. discussion. <laughs> but oh, uh, yeah, you're right about that. Verse 24. The so Lord, yeah. he, here we've got the angel of the Lord protecting them. And then Israel is able to get safely through the Red Sea while Egypt is bogged down in between the water, and then the water comes crashing down. That's what it means for the angel of the Lord to encamp around Israel. That's powerful stuff. He encamped around them, and he delivered them. He delivered them, which is, uh, again, the the word there in uh, Psalm 34 and verse 7, and he delivers them. This has been the way of God with his covenant people from the Exodus. You continue reading in the book of Exodus, and as the Lord institutes priesthood, system of worship, uh, you have the creation of the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and here's a, a tent, again, because there are a people on the move. They're camping. And all of Israel is supposed to set up their tents by tribes around that tabernacle, encircling the tabernacle. Yeah. And again, it's communicating, here is the Lord in the midst of the people, camping in the midst of his people. And what should hover over that tabernacle? A pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire, which the connection you make, there's the angel of the Lord 
in yeah. the midst of his people. If, if you if you had the satellite view, if we were able to take a satellite back in time and take a picture of that, it would look like the people are encamped around the angel of the Lord because the angel of the Lord's right in the middle. But David, right, right. as he brings this up, there's the recognition that, well, it may look that way. But when mm. they are encamped around the angel of the Lord, it's mm-hmm. actually that the angel of the Lord is encamped around them. When, when you're mm. putting God at the center, God mm-hmm. actually surrounds you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, that's a powerful thing. He, he's the protector. A, he's the, yeah. It is a powerful thing. Uh, I, I, I just love uh, these connections in, in this Psalm 34. I just see it rich that way, calling back to God delivering people from Abimelech's, right? Uh, and, and to see how he delivered Egypt, or excuse me, Israel out of Egypt. What a lesson for his covenant people today that God will deliver us. Trust well, share another one Seek with you. refuge in him. Yeah, I'll share another one with you, though Though I don't think the psalm is referring to this, because if I understand it right, I think this psalm is probably written by David, so this event would happen later, but it is is something for us. I, I remember when Assyria was camping against Judah, against Jerusalem. Okay, okay. Hezekiah calls out and cries out to God, and God sends his angel. And do you remember what his angel did in one night? 85,000 uh-huh. Assyrians. 85,000 Assyrians in 2 Kings 19.35, the angel of the Lord took out mm-hmm. in order to deliver mm-hmm. Jerusalem. I mean, that's that's what happens when the angel of the Lord encamps around you. We pray that uh, the angel of the Lord is encamping around you. Let us know what you're learning from the Psalms. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. I'm going to wrap us up with a prayer. Holy God, thank you for encamping around us, your people. We are in awe of you, Lord God. We do fear you. We respect you. We revere you. We love you. We long for you. And we're thankful that you are surrounding us and protecting us. We ask you to walk with us and carry us home with you in eternity. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. We're so glad that you're tuning in. Yeah. (laughs) Is it my turn to close out or yours? (laughs) We're going to ask you to pray. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man.